Time for overtime. Ready for this? In the world of sports, it's all about the playmakers in today's headlines, from locals to the pros, with interviews from local standouts and sports all-stars across the country that will have you talking. Now to Giannis. Giannis with 50 in. Two of his last three now. Pulls up. 15-footer. Yes, sir! Hear from coaches to players, sports analysts, and broadcasters who are a part of the action every day. Overtime. Now with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Right back with you. It is the beginning of hour number two on a Thursday. Tomorrow on the show, we got the Friday Parlay, the High Noon Showdown, everything you need to know for the NSIC tournament coming up over the weekend. We're down to our final eight teams apiece. We'll let you know and get you an inside look at the brackets later on this hour and also have your opportunity to go see some of the action in person at the Sanford Pentagon and Northern Sun dot org and we had a buzzer beater last night for one of our four local programs the usf cougar men punched their way onto the pentagon get you audio from that here very very shortly on the show it is posted up and retweeted at our twitter page if you're the impatient kind we'll get it to you in just a couple minutes here live on the program also still to come college football playoff bouncing out to 14 teams they just expanded from four to 12 haven't even had a 12-team playoff yet, and they're already talking about two additional teams in the college football playoff before too much longer. We'll give you the latest there, and also some other broad strokes college football and news from the NCAA. Scorecard from last night, just two hockey games took place in the NHL. Rangers pick up a 4-1 win over Columbus, and New York officially the first team to 40 wins on the season. Easy at center. Pass up the right wing. Across it comes for Kreider. He scores! Number 30 on the season for Chris Kreider off the setup from Artemi Panarin into the empty net. Rangers lead 3-1. to Rangers win 4-1. to Their new record 40-17-3. The only other game last night, St. Louis and Edmonton went into overtime and the Oilers find a way to win on home ice. McDavid kicks it back to Eckholm, and now McDavid has it again at center ice with 30 seconds to go. Beats Thomas, walks in, left circle, shot, score! Connor McDavid! The drought is over! New record for Edmonton with the win, 35-20-2, and, and for St. Louis with the loss, good news for the Minnesota Wild, 30-26-3. and their current record. Tonight in the NHL, we got five matchups to tell you about. Golden Knights at Bruins, Red Wings home to the Islanders, Jets visit the Stars, but uh, closer to home, Wild visit the Predators in Nashville, 7 o'clock on ESPN Plus, and an ESPN TV broadcast, 8 o'clock Avalanche at the Chicago Blackhawks. College hockey, reminder, Augustana plays host to Alaska Fairbanks Friday at 7, Saturday at 6. Head coach Garrett Raboyne will join the show tomorrow to talk about the matchups and the remainder of the regular season for Augustana Viking hockey. More information, including tickets for the weekend's contest at Midco Arena. Go slash 
hockey tickets. Finals from the NBA yesterday. New Orleans lost in Indianapolis to the Pacers, 123-114. Pascal Siakam with a double-double for the Pacers, 24 points and 11 rebounds. And the Dallas Mavericks back on the right track following a tough buzzer beater to the Cavs just a few days ago. Dallas punches above their weight once again. 136-125 winners in Toronto on a birthday night for Luka Doncic. Wraparound pass deflected, taken in by Josh Green. He'll drive and throw it back out to an open Washington for three. Short. Luka, the offensive rebound, the stick back, and the triple-double. Big night for Luka. 30 points, 11 rebounds, 16 assists. Audio there courtesy of 97.1 The Freak. Elsewhere, Minnesota takes care of Memphis 110-101. to And the Timberwolves back atop the Western Conference for now with a half-game lead over OKC. Anthony Edwards, 34 points in last night's win. They're up by five with 140 left. Edwards off the town screen. Gets to the three-point line, circles back out. Left-handed dribble, 13 to shoot, drives in, gets to the cup, and dumps it again! 34 in back-to-back games for Anthony Edwards. Edwards and the Timberwolves hang on to the 110-101 win. New record for Minnesota, 42-17. and Other finals, double overtime, Chicago over Cleveland, 132-123. Denver over Sacramento, 117-96. And the L.A. Lakers beat the Clippers, 116-112 last night. Big win for the Lakers, 32-28. and And a big loss for the L.A. Clippers. They fall to 37 37- and 20. Tonight, the NBA, Bucks at Hornets, Thunder at Spurs, Wizards at Lakers. Among the other games, Warriors at Knicks, 6.30 on TNT, Heat at Nuggets, a 9 o'clock start, also viewable on TNT. Men's basketball final, Tennessee, dominant win over Auburn, 92-84, and Marquette comes to play on their home floor, a dismantling of Providence last night for the Golden Eagles, 91-69. to Here's another steal. Cam Jones, showtime. He stuffs it with a left hand. Marquette with a steal and an easy basket. And Shaka Smart, very pleased with the effort. Other finals as Marquette moves to 22-6. and six. Iowa State, same record following a win over Oklahoma, 58-45. Creighton over Seton Hall, 85-64. And Illinois hangs on for a win over Minnesota in Champaign, 105-97 the final there. Patching through this audio from the... The other computer so bear with us but we got a buzzer beater last night for the usf cougars here's how their game against bemidji state ended right here in sioux falls inbounded baseline right it'll be williams 10 seconds left shot clock's turned off williams looks to get it in gets it to albright in the lane right side posted up scores it against pitts tied at 66 with seven seconds to go Cougars in the front court. Thompson right wing drives into the lane. Puts up a shot. Yes, it's a buzzer. Amazing stuff for Thompson on the buzzer beater. Audio there courtesy of Northern Sun Conference on Twitter. USF is heading to the Pentagon. They take care of Bemidji 68-66. to Other finals from yesterday on the men's side. Southwest Minnesota State over St. Cloud. Northern State lost to Winona. And Augustana takes care of business at the Elman Center against Wayne State. 75-62 the final there. So here are your matchups for men's basketball. 
basketball in the first round at the Pentagon for the NSIC tournament. Mankato and USF, 11 o'clock on Saturday. Duluth and Augustana at 1.30. And on Sunday, you got Minot and Southwest Minnesota State at 11. Moorhead and Winona at 1.30. Tonight in men's basketball, SDSU at UND, 7 o'clock. NDSU at USD. Also at 7 o'clock as they celebrate their lone senior on the roster in La Hutt, June. Women's basketball finals, six rated Iowa, 106 to 60 winners over Minnesota. Gophers fall to 15 and 13. Iowa moves their record to 25 and 4. Elsewhere, Iowa State upsets Kansas State in Manhattan last night. That final score in advantage of the Cyclones. 82 to 76 tonight in women's hoops. Fifth rated Virginia Tech at Notre Dame at six o'clock on ESPN. UND visits South Dakota State at seven and USD is up in Fargo matching up with the Bison. A seven o'clock jump time as well. Women's NSIC tournament first round. Winona lost to Moorhead 72 67. Augustana lost to Southwest Minnesota State 93 85. USF also goes down to Duluth 73 69 and it was St. Cloud over why not 78 to 61? So your game's upcoming on Saturday. Mankato and Moorhead tussle at 4:30. You marry in St. Cloud at 7 o'clock on Saturday for the women's side from the Pentagon. And on Sunday it's Northern State and Southwest Minnesota State at 4:30 and CSP and Duluth at 7 o'clock. Brief NFL check-in here. First things first, NFL draft right around the corner. We'll talk about the Chicago Bears. Damian Woody on what it would cost for the Bears to trade down from number one. I think it has to be massive. I think it would have Ooh. to be massive. And think about think about the incentive for the Washington Commanders. Think about it. You have new ownership. You're trying to turn the page from the Dan, you know Daniel Snyder era. What better, better way to usher in a new era than bringing in a Heisman-winning quarterback that's homegrown, that's from that area. That's, that's how you start a new regime with a bang. If you're the Chicago Bears, you already moved down one time before. Why would you do it again when yeah. you have a guy like Caleb Williams right there? I just don't envision the Chicago Bears doing it, but I will say everyone has their price, and it would have to be a, like a massive haul for them to come up off that number one pick, in my opinion. Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst there on that potential pick. Now, Q Myers, one of our favorites out in Las Vegas, game night host with ESPN Radio Nationally, had this to say about Drake May, saying he might be a little overrated as many view him as the second best quarterback in the class. I'm not so high on Drake May, and really it's because of the last thing I saw. What I mean by that is the last season that he was there at North Carolina kind of took a step back from his stellar year that he had in 2022. I'm just not 100% sold that he's that guy. I think that he is a good guy, but I don't know if he's that guy. So I think that it's still kind of up in the air. He's going to be speaking at the podium on Friday, so I look forward to hearing to what he has to say. But I clearly believe that he's going to be probably now the third quarterback. And, you know, I had someone tell me today they walked by me and said, hey, if the Raiders want to get uh, Jane Daniels, they may have to move up to number two because it feels like it's Caleb Williams or Jane Daniels. You pick the order. That's Q Myers of ESPN Las Vegas this morning on Unsportsmanlike. And to push back slightly on that, because he did mention the regression, the little bit of a dip in his final season in college. A lot of quarterbacks have had that recently, and a lot of those guys have ended up working out. A few that have come to mind, Jordan Love 
and Josh Allen, two guys that had a less than stellar final season in college, have come back and been pretty darn okay to start out their NFL careers. We will wait and see. But Drake May, uh, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, it is a very, very fun quarterback class to analyze, to pick apart, and hear all sorts of opinions as we're still just about two months away from the NFL draft. In fact, a little bit less than two months now as we continue to heat up the NFL draft talk as we head towards Detroit in late April. Let's dive into your Bank headlines of the day now with this. The University of Sioux Falls women's basketball team fell to Minnesota Duluth 73-69 last night in the first round of the NSIC tournament. The Cougars finished their season 9-18 with a 7-15 mark within conference play. Cammy Wadsworth paced USF in scoring last night with 19 points. Ayla Brown added 14 and up next there is no up next for this season they say on the website usfcougars.com thank you for the continued support throughout the season the augustana women's basketball team saw their season come to a close last night as well they lost 93 85 to southwest minnesota state in the first round of the nsic tournament michaela jewett poured in 21 and grabbed 11 rebounds to lead the way for the vikings abby phipps lauren sees and joanna miller each scored 17 points to pump up the offense in the high scoring game miller's 17 was a career high and she also added five rebounds in the contest the game was the final one in the Augustana Viking career of C's Jewett and Kenzie Wrench. For the full recap, go Augie.com. South Dakota State hits the road to close out the regular season this week into the weekend. The Jackrabbits take on North Dakota at 7 o'clock tonight, followed by a 1 o'clock afternoon Saturday matchup in Fargo against North Dakota State. Tonight's contest inside the Betty Engelstad Sioux Center pits the two teams atop the Summit League standings. Both teams are 17-12 and 12 overall in the season, but South Dakota State is 10-4 and 4 within the conference. North Dakota is nine and five must see TV Jackrabbits and the uh, Fighting Hawks coming up tonight and then Saturday it's North Dakota State for SDSU on the men's side. The Augustana men's basketball team is moving on to the NSIC men's basketball tournament following a 75-62 win last night over Wayne State. The Vikings playing inside their home crowd in the Elman Center followed a 20.8 rebound performance to victory as part of four Vikings finishing in double figure scoring. Augustana will now play Minnesota Duluth in the Sanford Pentagon in the quarterfinal round on Saturday at 1.30 p.m. The physical first half, the Vikings took a 22-all score and rallied to a 10-0 run to take a 10-point advantage late in the first half. Augustana shot better than 48% from the field and also sank 10 three-pointers last night, good for 48% from the floor. Joining the double-figure scoring party last night, Jaden Graves at 14, Armin Lewis 12, and Akoya Koi finishing with 10. Many players finishing in double figures last night. Tickets to Saturday's contest against 11th ranked nationally. Minnesota Duluth can be purchased at Ticketmaster.com. Contest is the second of the session with Minnesota State facing Sioux Falls in the day's first game. Coming up on Saturday, 11 o'clock and 1.30. You can watch the USF men at 11 and Augustana men at 1.30 from the Sanford Pentagon. South Dakota women's basketball wraps up its three-game road stretch at North 
North Dakota State tonight at 7 o'clock inside the Shield Center up in Fargo. The game will be televised by WDAY with the broadcast streamed live on the Summit League Network. You can also listen to our boy Jerry P. on the call on the Varsity Network app or locally on KVTK 101.5. The Yotes are 19-10, and 8-6 within conference play, and the Bison 18-9, and 12-2. Within the Summit League, up next, the senior day for the Oats is set for 2 o'clock on Saturday against North Dakota inside the Sanford Coyote Sports Center in Vermilion. As for the Yote men, coming up tonight and into the weekend, the Yotes will host North Dakota State tonight inside the Sanford Coyote Sports Center. Senior LaHut June, it will be honored prior to tip-off in a senior night celebration. Tip-off for 7 o'clock start time, Midco Sports Plus app and the Summit League Network. The Yotes are 11-18, and 4-10 and 10 within the conference, and the Bison enter 15 and 14 and right in the thick of things with an 8 and 6 record within the conference. South Dakota wraps up their regular season at North Dakota on Saturday. Tip off for the men's game 1 o'clock from Grand Forks. Lastly here as we take you through your Bank headlines of the day for our number two, the black and gold clad fans among the 14,625 in attendance at Williams Arena were virtually begging for one more three-pointer from Caitlin Clark late in last night's game, and she delivered for another historic mark. The Iowa guard continued her record-breaking quest as she passed Kansas Jayhawks legend Lynette Woodard for the major college women's basketball scoring mark in the six-rated Hawkeyes' lopsided win over the Gophers last night, 108-60. to Clark scored her 33rd and final point of the game on her eighth three-pointer, coming at the 429 mark of the fourth quarter to give her 3,650 points for her career. Woodard, who played in the final years of what was then called the AIAW from 1977 to 1980, had 3,649 career points. I think it just speaks to the foundation that these players have laid for us. Clark said the past stars such as Woodard to have opportunities to be able to play in environments like this in front of crowds like this. Asked about Clark and the scoring mark, Woodard told ESPN, I know what it must mean to her because I've been there. I would have some wisdom for her if we ever talk, and I hope that we will one day. Clark also broke the NCAA women's single-season three-point record last night, and she now has 156 for the season and 503 for her career. As a team, Iowa hit a Big Ten single-game record 22 threes and had their 10th plus or 10th 100 point game of the season. Hawkeyes now 25 and 4 and 14 and 3 overall within the Big Ten. Now you got uh, Pete Maravich's record out in front of Caitlin Clark. That is the next one that she envisions and likely to take down. Can't wait for it. Pete Maravich played from 1967 to 1970. That record again, uh, Clark broke the women's scoring record 3,527 for uh, uh, Kelsey Plum back in mid-February. And as she did Wednesday, Clark broke that mark with a three-pointer. The NCAA overall scoring record, men's and women's, is 3,667 points, and Caitlin Clark not too far away from breaking into that record and into that lone stratosphere as well in what has become nothing short of a legendary and a remarkably entertaining career for Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeye faithful. Those are your Eliabank Bank headlines of the day here for hour number two. When we come back, college football is already talking, already chirping about expanding the college football playoff again. 
They haven't even gotten to 12 teams yet. They haven't gone through a season to see what it's like. And they're already looking to add two additional teams to go to 14 teams in the college football playoff. I'll tell you why I've got a bone to pick with that. Also a major extension for a notable college football coach and some news from the broader sports perspective. Coming up next, it's the Thursday edition of Overtime right here on ESPN Sioux Falls. Get ESPN with the free app and online. Grab your phone or call us up on your smart device. Now let's get you back to overtime with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO. Right back with you. It is hour number two on a Thursday. Welcome back to the show. It's the Leap Day edition of Overtime. You can follow me, Bert Ramin, on Twitter at any time, Bert ESPN. And also weigh in on the show, 605-362-3776. Always the number to dial if you want to weigh in or if you want to win big. We'll be doing some giveaways at the end of this segment and at the end of next segment, NSIC tournament tickets. But first, we got an exciting giveaway to do here uh, momentarily as well. Special event coming up this weekend here in the 605. Broader Stroke Sports News, the recently launched Professional Women's Hockey League, reached its midseason point on Wednesday by unveiling their playoff format, hinting at a long-awaited arrival of actual team nicknames and logos while putting aside questions about expansion in Season 2 or beyond for now. One aspect that won't be changing anytime soon, PWHL Advisory Board member Stan Kasten said, is the league reassessing its player salary structure, ranging from 35000 to 80000 not including bonuses. We still have a long way to go until we are an economic success, he added. Joined by PWHL Senior VP of Hockey Operations, Jana Hefford, Kasten spoke during an hour-long video conference call that touched on numerous topics regarding the six-team league that brings together the world's top players we still have a bumpy road in front of us and we're really fully formed thing but we're on track and we're certainly ahead of projections the key now is not moving too fast given the challenges the pwhl still faces in terms of securing proper size venues such as toronto which has already outgrown their 2500 seat home and lags in attendance in other markets new york for example averaging a league low 2200 fans per game while splitting its four home games between bridgeport connecticut and the nhl islanders home of ubs arena all the best for the PWHL. Everybody should be rooting for this league. Professional Women's Hockey League just getting started and can't wait to see what is ahead for them, but certainly some challenges and a bumpy road admittedly there to start it out. Now to the NFL, where momentum is building for changes to the kickoff before the scouting combine. It was believed that the National Football League could not get the 24 owners that they need to approve a change to the kickoff, which would be adopted as the XFL-style kickoff. But that is now changing, appearing on Thursday's Pro Football Talk Live, according to NBCSports.com, NFL Executive VP of Football Operations, Wisconsin Badger great Troy Vincent 
said he currently believes that momentum is building towards persuading enough owners to embrace a change. And the change in question will largely be premised on the XFL approach, which if you haven't seen it yet, here's how it goes. And of course, not definitive, but here's what they've got in the article. Most players begin the play only five yards apart at the moment the kick is received. That's the receiving team and the kicking team. They're usually around the 25, the 30, or the 35-yard line. So you got 10 players on those lines. You got one returner and one kicker. The returner and the kicker are the only players that are allowed to move before the ball is touched. So when the ball is touched, you can get the defending team, the kickoff team, looking to get the guy down and the blockers doing the exact opposite, looking to free it up for a long return. It avoids the high-velocity collisions. It keeps the excitement in the game. It gets the opening game ceremony going. It's not just going to be an offense trotting out onto the field with some lackluster applause. We're going to have an exciting play, hopefully, here to come in the National Football League. Now from college football, Kansas has agreed to a new contract for football coach Lance Leipold that features a significant raise as he has earned in his average salary to more than $7 million per year. The new contract does not feature any new years in his deal that runs through 2029, but the raise from the $5 million he made in 2023 serves as another sign of Kansas's aggressive commitment to football in recent years under athletic director Travis Goff. The Rays elevates Leipold to top three in average salary within the Big 12 Conference. Leipold making nearly three times more than his initial salary at the university when he was hired from Buffalo late in the hiring cycle in 2021. Former legendary head coach at D3 University of Whitewater, Leipold has gone 17 and 21 in three seasons at Kansas, including 15 and 11 with two bowl appearances and appearances in the AP Top 20 in each of the past two seasons. Kansas is reaching uncharted territory in this 21st century for that program. And Lance Leipold is the reason why he gets a much deserved raise. Now for what I chalk up as the dumbest news of the day and something that might just be inevitable. I am all for expansion. I couldn't tell you how excited I am for the 12-team college football playoff. Whether it was 6, whether it was 8, whether it was 10, whether it was 12, I was in favor of expansion. Giving the little guys a seat at the table, increasing the momentum and increasing the value of these playoff games and the visibility is amazing. I can't wait for the 12-team playoff, but... They're already saying that it's not going to be 12 for long. The future of the college football playoff contract after the 2025 season. So that's two years of a 12-team playoff is uncertain with executive director Bill Hancock saying last week that there's a quote-unquote need for the deal to be done in the next month. Since the inception of 2014 when they went to the 14 playoff, the CFP has been unwieldy and awkward, according to the article. The only uncertainty, the only certainty has been a slow pace, turf squabbles, and an unstable conference environment that has kept everything fluid. But Hancock is a one-month deadline of mid-March looms. There's optimism and quote-unquote momentum for a 14-team playoff beginning in 2026. There's an effort to come to an agreement in the coming week, sources said, but nothing is certain. And there are potential roadblocks and expected pushback as evidenced by the CFP's own meandering path to a 12-team playoff. I'm so against this, and I can tell you one reason why. Here's what they've drawn up, by the way. And again, nothing definitive until they get the pen to the paper and they confirm these. 
But here's what it looks like for a 14-team college football playoff model. And I want to remind you people, two weeks ago, they finalized the 12-team model. It's a 5 plus 7. It's the high, the five highest-ranked conference champions and seven at-larges that are highest-ranked from then on. That seems pretty darn fair. Gets a little guy a seat at the table more years than not. And Notre Dame can get in because, you know, the Irish are hammering the table saying, what about us and our exclusivity and our independence in college football? Here's what the 14-team model is supposed to look like, according to ESPN.com. Three auto qualifiers from the SEC, three from the Big Ten, two from the ACC, two from the Big 12, and one from the group of five, three spots for an at-large bid, and one spot guaranteed to Notre Dame if they're in the top 14 on selection day. This is all service about Notre Dame and the product visibility that they have and it's about limiting the number of group of five teams that you can get in. I can't tell you how much of an opponent I am to expanding to 12 if those are truly the guidelines. Why give the SEC and the Big Ten, the ACC Big Ten, why give them auto qualifiers? Why not just take the most deserving teams according to the college football playoff poll? Why does every conference have to have auto qualifiers? I know the answer, and it rhymes with cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. It is money, but it's wrong for the sport to do auto qualifiers based on the conference you play in. What if a conference just plain stinks one season? What if you get really bad teams and really bad games in the college football playoff with 14 Keep it at 12 and at least see how it works and see how it looks for a couple seasons before you chalk up some crazy changes with auto qualifiers and an automatic entry for Notre Dame. Really? I don't have a problem with the Irish. I like Notre Dame. I've got some family ties to the school. I like Notre Dame football, but why, oh, why do they need to be guaranteed a spot in a 14-team playoff if they're a top 14 team on selection day, just plain wrong, count me out of a 14 team college football playoff. Kill the music. We got a giveaway right now. Sioux Falls Snowcross National is presented by Quickstar and they rumble and roar the engines coming up this weekend. I've got four total tickets. I'm going to get two different listeners and listen carefully because if you're looking to take young people out, ages 12 and under get in free to the event at the WH Lion Fairgrounds here in Sioux Falls over the weekend. It is a weekend pass. I've got two of them of two. So I've got two pair, and you can get kids 12 and under in for free if you'd like to go. It's up for grabs right now. First come, first serve. It's Snowcross National, and it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend at the WH Lion Fairgrounds. Dial us up, 605-362-3776, 605-362-3776. More of overtime next on your Thursday edition of the program. Overtime Day. Unwrap your sandwich and get caught up with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Right back with you. The Thursday edition of Overtime is sadly winding down. Got about 20 minutes left in the show today. Reminder, we have one more pair 
of Snowcross tickets to give away tomorrow on the show. So if you missed out on today's giveaway, be sure to tune in tomorrow. I'd love to get you and yours hooked up. Kids under 12 get in free. And I got a pair of tickets for two adults to go, anyone over the age of 12. But kids under 12, in for free to the WH Lion Fairgrounds for Snowcross National, presented by Quick Star. Coming up, it's a weekend pass. It'll be going on uh, coming up Saturday and Sunday at the WH Lion Fairgrounds. Now, time for your NSIC tournament update. We're off and running. First things first, ladies first from last night. Moorhead over Winona. They punched their ticket on to face Mankato. Southwest Minnesota State over Augie, 93-85. The Mustangs are on to face the Northern State Wolves. Duluth over Sioux Falls. Close game there, 73-69. Bulldogs will face off with Concordia St. Paul and St. Cloud State over Minot State. So here are your final eight and the matchups. Mankato and Moorhead, Lead us off Saturday at 4.30 for the women. Saturday at 7 o'clock, St. Cloud State and you marry. Sunday at 4.30, Southwest Minnesota State and Northern State. And Sunday at 7 for the women's side, CSP and Duluth. I'll have a ticket giveaway here shortly. If you have a particular team in mind, I'll try to coordinate and get you hooked up with tickets to the NSIC tournament. That is the update on the women's side. Now we go over to the men's side. We played you back the buzzer beater uh, earlier in the contest. Sioux Falls gets by Bemidji State last night. 68-66 to 66. inside the Stewart Center. USF is on to face Mankato. Southwest Minnesota State punches by St. Cloud State, 74-63. Winona State over Northern, 95-65. to 65. And Augustana is on to the next round as well with a win over Wayne State, 75-62. Here are your matchups as far as playing order goes. I'm running very short, honestly. I need to double-check if I have any tickets remaining for Saturday's early session because I've given a lot away and I've had people knocking on my door, looking for tickets, saying, I want to see the Cougars, I want to see the Vikings. Both of those teams play in the early session on Saturday. Mankato and Sioux Falls at 11 o'clock, and then you got Augustana and Duluth at 1.30. The games on Sunday, the early game, Southwest Minnesota State and Minot, and the late game, Moorhead and Winona. And in case you're wondering, if Augie gets by Duluth, they'll face the winner of Moorhead and Winona. And if Sioux Falls upsets the top-seeded Mankato, they'll be on to the next round in the semifinals to face off with the winner of Southwest Minnesota State and Minot State. We're going to take the break, and when we go to break, I'll take the first three callers and look to get you hooked up with the tickets that you would most like to go and see this weekend. The NSIC tournament officially heading to the Pentagon Saturday, Sunday. Monday and Tuesday. I'll look to get you some tickets here shortly. The number is always for our giveaway, 605-362-3776. If you'd like to go to the Pentagon over the weekend, maybe Monday or Tuesday for the championships or the semis, you can dial me up right now, 605-362-3776. The first three callers, I'll do my best to get you what's on your wish list this non-holiday season. 605-362-3776. Back in a moment with the good, the bad, and the ugly on Overtime. Sometimes humorous, sometimes serious, but most of the time entertaining. This is Overtime with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader.
Congratulations to our lucky callers one, two, and three. First come, first serve. Terry, Rich, and Steve getting hooked up with Northern Sun Conference tournaments over the tickets over the weekend. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I'll be looking forward to giving some more tickets out later in the show tomorrow. But that's it for today, and it's time now to round out the show with the latest edition in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Many days there are those who can be called a problem child. You know the ones. They have a tendency to display an ugly side. They have their whiny moments. Some display an outright bad side of themselves. And then there are those who stand out in a good way. Well, here they are. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, we started out with the good. It was really good last night for the L.A. Lakers and their fans. LeBron James authored a 21-point fourth-quarter comeback by the Lakers to beat the Clippers 116-112 to 112 last night, marking the largest fourth-quarter comeback of his 21-year career. That's according to ESPN Stats and Info. James single-handedly outscored the Clippers 19-16 to in the final frame, including hitting 5-for-8 from downtown, while also dishing four assists to close out the franchise's hallway series in dramatic fashion. Wednesday marked the final regular season matchup for the two teams, while sharing the same arena with the Clippers opening the new Intuit Dome at the start of next season. James hit threes in the first 3-13 of the fourth quarter, hit three threes rather in the first three minutes of the fourth, quickly cutting the Clippers cushion to nine and prompting coach Ty Lu to call a timeout. It's just a zone and you can't really describe it, James said after finishing with 34. You wish you could stay in it forever, but obviously it checks out once the game ends. But during it, you don't feel anything. It's like a superpower feel. And again, Lakers head coach Darvin Ham said of his star, he had to take the cape, tuck it under the seat of the bench, I guess. It takes him time. Uh, to, it was time for him to whip it out. He definitely did that, put the cape on, and just got aggressive and got into a great rhythm. Biggest comeback of LeBron James's illustrious career of 21 years occurred last night in a big-time matchup against the L.A. Clippers. Other good news, L.A. Dodgers star Shohei Otani announced on social media today that he's married. The two-way player who moved from the L.A. Angels to the Dodgers in December on a record-breaking contract worth $700 million over 10 years wrote on Instagram in Japanese, The season is approaching, but I would like to announce to everyone that I've gotten married. He said his new wife is also from Japan without identifying her, and he said he would reveal more in an interview on Friday. I began a new chapter in my career with the Dodgers, but I've also started a new life with someone from my native country of Japan who is very special to me. He asked the media to refrain from conducting unauthorized interviews. The news broke in the middle of the night in North America, but it was late afternoon in Japan where the story immediately became the top news item on local TV. On to the bad Super Bowl standout, Mecole Hardman admitted on a podcast that he was so disgruntled with the New York Jets last season that he begged the Kansas City Chiefs to, quote, come get me, a remark that isn't sitting well with the Jets brass. Why would it? 
I'll just say those comments definitely resonated with us. General Manager Joe Douglas told reporters on Wednesday at the scouting combine, it's unclear if the Jets will pursue tampering charges against the Kansas City Chiefs. An NFL spokesperson in an email to ESPN declined to comment on whether the Jets have asked the league to check into the matter. In a wide-ranging interview on The Pivot, hosted by former NFLer Ryan Clark, Hardman was critical of the Jets' culture and detailed his issues with the team. He said he was so frustrated by his lack of playing time that by week four, a home game against the Chiefs, quote, I'm telling you right now, I was so checked out like it was over with. I had already talked to Chiefs GM Brett Veach and Pat Mahomes like, come get me. Two weeks later, he was traded back to the Chiefs, wound up catching the winning touchdown pass in the Super Bowl Earlier this month, this is not a good situation. It is very ugly, and it does look like a tampering situation. Whether or not the Chiefs were the first team to tango, they definitely danced at the ball and ended up getting Mecole Hardman back, but this is a really bad look. Just because your role isn't what you thought it was does not give you the right to engage in contract negotiations, formal, informal, or otherwise, or contract talks or general talks with other GMs or players, coaches, or staff. This is wrong and a very bad look for the NFL. I'm not out to punish the Chiefs with any sort of crazy penalty, but this needs to get nipped in the bud immediately to prevent this from having any conflicts of interest moving forward. Also bad news for the New York Jets. They've granted Zach Wilson's agent permission to speak with other teams about a potential trade. According to general manager Joe Douglas, while Wilson's days with the team appear numbered, the Jets are trying to re-sign highly regarded pass rusher Bryce Huff before he becomes a free agent, but they won't use the franchise tag. Wilson's fate was sealed at the end of the season when the Jets made it clear they would be in the market for a veteran backup to play behind Aaron Rodgers. That sentiment was reinforced recently by owner Woody Johnson, who said, we need a backup quarterback. We didn't have one last year. I don't think there's going to be many suitors for a trade of Zach Wilson. Frankly, I think he gets cut and he will have his pick of teams that are opting to give him a shot to resurrect what might be left of his career. Highly doubtful that he'll ever be a starter in the NFL again. Really hate it for the kid, but tough to find a trade partner that will give up any significant value for the second overall pick that has a pretty hefty contract when it comes to backup quarterbacks and former starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. Lastly, here on to the ugly, we've been following this case for a long time. An infamous Kansas City Chiefs super fan officially pleaded guilty yesterday in federal court related to a string of bank robberies. Xavier Babudar, who gained notoriety for wearing a gray wolf suit to Chiefs games, admitted to stealing more than $800,000 in 11 bank robberies across seven states and laundering the proceeds through area casinos, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. He pleaded guilty to one count of bank robbery, one count of money laundering, and one count of transporting stolen property across state lines. The 29-year-old faces a maximum sentence of 50 years in prison, and his sentencing is set for July the 10th. Very ugly situation there, but heading towards a resolution. Again, the superfan, a.k.a. Chiefs-aholic, definitely has a lot to be thankful for with how his Kansas City Chiefs have been playing lately. But a very ugly, 
off the football field, off the beaten path kind of story there. Bank robberies pleading guilty to one count across the board. Money laundering, one count of transporting stolen property, and one count of bank robbery yesterday. That's an ugly situation to round out the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that finishes up this Thursday edition of Overtime. Tomorrow on the show, excited to talk to Joe DeLeon. Excited to talk to head coach Garrett Raboyne of Augustana Hockey as well. We'll break it all down for you. Give you your opportunity to win some big prizes with the High Noon Showdown and on the Friday Parlay. We'll say so long with that. Have a great day. Soak in the sunshine. And we'll be trotting towards the weekend before we know it. Tomorrow at 11. We'll talk to you then, Sioux Falls. Have a great day right here on ESPN Sioux Falls.